Hello, and welcome to Easy Easy Bake Bake Takes, Takes, the podcast, where we read you the one-star reviews of your favorite movies and more. My name's Kat. And I'm Riley. And today, we are going to do the movie, The Secret of Nim. What was the theme that I picked? The theme you picked was like movies that we thought we made up in our head. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't know if they actually existed or not. Yes. And it kind of reads, this movie is like a fever dream to me. (laughs) Like a hundred percent. It's like a Disney movie, but not for kids. (laughs) It's kind of. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's Don Bluth in a nutshell though. Absolutely. And oh my God. I think this is our first Don Bluth movie to review. Yes. We've talked about him multiple times. It was made in 1982. It's rated G, surprisingly. <laughs> and it's an hour and 22 minutes. If anyone already knows what happens in this movie, obviously you can skip ahead. But if you haven't, we're going to go through the plot. Yeah, we're going to go heavy. <laughs> so strap in. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Frisbee, a little field, a widowed field mouse, lives in a cinder block with her a children. A little field mouse? <laughs> I'm trying to say it not like that, but... A widow field mouse. <laughs> That's how it sounds. <laughs> anyway. Maybe they did that on purpose. Maybe they did. <laughs> uh, but go on. I'm so sorry. She lives in a cinder block with her children in a field on the Fitzgibbons farm. She needs to move her family out of the field as plowing time approaches. I would feel like that happens every year, so why live there in the first place? That's just me. Time feels longer when you're that small. I Yeah, you don't live as long, so it's like... But her son, Timothy, has fallen ill. She visits Mr. Ages, a friend of her late husband, Jonathan. Mr. Ages diagnoses the illness as uh, ammonia. Pneumonia. And provides Miss Frisbee with medicine and warns her that Timothy must stay inside for at least three weeks or he will die because, like, there's still a chill in the air and he's just not well enough. On their way home, Miss Frisbee befriends Jeremy, a clumsy but friendly crow. They both narrowly escape from the Fitzgibbon's cat, Dragon. The next morning, Brisby discovers that farmer Fitzgibbons has started plowing early. Although her neighbor, Auntie Shrew, helps her disable his tractor, Brisby knows she must devise another plan before the farmer fixes it. Jeremy takes her to meet the great owl, who tells her to visit a colony of rats that live beneath a rose bush on the farm, and asks for the services of Nicodemus, the rat's wise and mystical leader. Brisby enters the rose bush and encounters an aggressive guard rat named Brutus, who chases her away. She is led back in by ages and is amazed to see the rat's use of electricity and other technology. She meets Justin, the friendly captain of the guard, Jenner, the ruthless and power-hungry rat opposed to Nicodemus, and finally Nicodemus himself. From Nicodemus, she learns that many years ago, the rats, along with her husband Jonathan and Mr. Ages, were part of a series of experiments at the National Institute of Mental Health, NIM for short. The experiments boosted their intelligence, enabling them to escape, as well as extending their lifespans and slowing their aging processes. Nicodemus has authorized a plan for the rats to leave the farm and live independently in an area that refers to as Thorn Valley. Not much is known about Thorn Valley. I wish they... That was something I was confused about. I was like, I really wish we would have seen more of the rats at Thorn Valley. Mm -hmm. There's a second one, right? There is a second one, but everyone will tell you not to watch it. (laughs) It was a straight-to-DVD movie. Yeah. Nicodemus gives Brisby a magical amulet that will activate when the wearer is courageous. Because of the rat's relationship with Jonathan, they agree to help her move from her home. First, they need to drug dragon so that it can be done safely. Only Brisby can do this, as the rats cannot fit through the hole leading to the house. 
Jonathan was killed by dragon in a previous attempt to do this, while Aegis broke his leg in another. Allegedly. Allegedly. That night, she puts the drug into Dragon's dish, but the Fitzgibbon's son, Billy, catches her. While trapped in a birdcage, she overhears a telephone conversation between Farmer Fitzgibbons and the staff of Nim, and learns that the Institute intends to exterminate the rats in the morning. Brisby then escapes from the cage and runs off to warn them. As a rainstorm approaches, the rats begin moving the Grisby home, with the children and Auntie Shrew inside. Jenner, who wishes for the rats to remain in the rosebush, sabotages the assembly with his reluctant accomplice, Sullivan, causing it to fall apart and crush Nicodemus to death. Brisby soon arrives to warn the rats about Nim's arrival, but Jenner attacks her and attempts to seal the ambulance. Sullivan alerts Justin, who comes to Brisby's aid. Jenner morally wounds Sullivan, but is injured by Justin in a sword fight. As Jenner attempts to attack Justin from behind, the dying Sullivan throws a dagger into his back killing him. The Brisby home begins to sink into a mud puddle and Brisby and the rats are unable to raise it. Brisby's will to save her family gives power to the amulet which she uses to lift the house and move it to, safe to safety. The next morning, the rats, with Justin as their new leader, have departed to Thorn Valley as Timothy begins to recover. Jeremy soon meets Miss Wright, another crow who is just as clumsy as he is. That character did not need to exist in this movie. <laughs> I know it's a children's mm -hmm. movie, he's for last, but like... Yeah. I literally introduced him at the beginning of this, and then the ending is like, oh, and he, he found a girl crow. He spends a good chunk of it looking for more strings. So. Yeah, exactly. The director is, of course, Don Bluth, who has directed many childhood classics like The Land Before Time, American Tale, All Dogs Go to Heaven, Anastasia. Anastasia is the one I almost picked. Mm, that's a good one. The music in that movie. I've never actually seen it all the way through. All you need to do is listen to Once Upon a December and you're good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Such a good song. The Secret of Nim was the first feature film to be directed by Don Bluth. It was written by Don Bluth, John Pomeroy, Gary Goldman, and Will Finn. And it's based on the novel Miss Frisbee and the Rats of Nim by Robert C. O'Brien. Apparently, they're very different. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Okay. The cast, we have Derek Jacoby playing Nicodemus, Elizabeth Hartman playing Miss Frisbee. You have Arthur Mallet as Mr. Ages, Dom Delu playing Jeremy, John Carradine, he played the Great Owl. Here's a little bit of trivia. Don Bluth, John Pomeroy, and Gary Goldman all left Disney to pursue this project, which had originally been rejected by the former employer as too dark to be a commercial success, followed soon after by 20 other Disney animators dubbed the Disney Defectors. At the time of the release, it was the largest non-Disney animated movie. The small dragonfly Mr. Ages chases away near the beginning of the movie is Evan Rude from the Disney's The Rescuers. And that was one of the last movies Don Bluth worked on at Disney before leaving the company. That makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. Like, yeah. why that's like one of my favorite Disney movies. I didn't even know Don Bluth was like part of it. And this was Don Bluth's favorites of his movies that he made. Uh -huh. Tell me your thoughts about this movie. Like, I watched this as a kid. I didn't realize how, like, it's not gory, but it's a lot more violent mm -hmm. than I thought it was. Like, I wasn't expecting to see blood or see someone get their throat slit. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't scar me as a kid, so I guess it's not that big of a deal. I liked when Jeremy said, hey, you were a girl once to <laughs> Miss Prisby. I have a love-hate relationship with characters like Jeremy because, mm -hmm. like, I, I want to punch them, but mm -hmm. they're also funny. Like you said, like, he just seems kind of like a, why, why was he in this movie? But they, they need a chaos rune in every movie. Functions as like, hey, kids, this is the silly character. Yeah. Uh, Miss Brisby's son. Mm -hmm. That's how I imagine you were as a kid. I don't know why. The one that's like, I'm tough. Like, I could do this. <laughs> I'll fight him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. 
A little bit. Yeah. Maybe when I was a little bit older. <laughs> yeah. And then the scream that, uh, was it the bad guy? Is that Brutus? Uh, Jenner. 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 Brutus only pops up in that one, one. time. Yeah. yeah. The scream he lets out when he gets killed is terrifying, mm-hmm. to say the least. It's also like the most dramatic. It sounds like the audio peaked and cut out whenever mm-hmm. he screams. I just thought that was really funny, but like also terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's a literal like blood curdling scream. And I guess that really added to how violent this movie is. <laughs> yeah, because like, like after being, you know, stabbed, I'm trying to think of a Disney movie. Like there's characters that fall to their death in Disney movies. That's a common death among villains. And they'll scream as they're going down. But like this is like I've been wounded. He gets stabbed in the stomach. Yeah. And the back. And he screams both times, and it's just blood curdling. It's disturbing. I will say, like, it, it felt a little lacking in some aspects of it, because it is, like, it's only an hour and 22 minutes long. I know that, like, at this time, it was still hand-drawn. It took a long time to get all of it done. So I won't fault them there. But it made me want to go watch Alice in Wonderland. Like, it made me want to watch, like, classic Disney movies. This is the kind of movie that, like... If I watched it to go to sleep as a kid, because I would watch movies like this, like old Disney movies to go to sleep as a kid, Mm -hmm. I would have to fall asleep before uh, Jenner gets killed because I would have to start it over. Because for Alice in Wonderland, I had to start it over if I didn't fall asleep before the Cheshire Cat showed up. That's so funny that you would time yourself with a movie. I've had anxiety my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) I just put on a nice movie. I wanted Alice in Wonderland, (laughs) damn it. But that's all I that's all I have for my thoughts and opinions. What do you what do you have? I'm a huge Don Bluth fan. I was just say I didn't realize how many of his movies I watched as a kid until like I met I became friends with you and you told me who he was. <laughs> yeah, is that yeah. This is an old one. I think I love it because it it has darker tones. Rewatching this, it is a movie where I wish they did have more funding. It lacks because of it. It could have gone a lot farther. Like someone described, and I'll read it the review later, but they're like, I just wish there was another like good 15 to 20 minutes more of this movie. I think it needed Mm -hmm. it. I think really just to flesh it out because it ends really abruptly. Also, there's, so these rats are from, they were animal tested. They got their intelligence because of it. But also there's this amulet, this magical tone to it. And it's like, that's kind of random and kind of doesn't make sense to. We don't learn anything other than. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't understand that. And I think it takes it away from the, the rest of what's going on. I kind of like that the rats have like a moral conundrum of like, is it okay to steal electricity from the humans? Yeah, like they're like upset about it. Yeah. But it's also like the point of like, they want to be more independent. They don't want to have to rely. Because like, it's the topic of like, they're not going to live much longer. Yeah, there's too many dangers involved. I do like this movie. I just, I really wish it was, I wish it was longer. I wish it was more fleshed out. Oh yeah. Is that everything? Yeah, it was about everything. Okay. Well, let's hear what these critics had to say about it. This is from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. This is Nim Like Disneyland. It appeals to everyone. This is by Perry Stewart. In Bambi, it was Man the Hunter who terrorized the meadow. And the secret of Nim, it's the man, the farmer, whose home-wrecking tractor sends the field mice family scurrying from the burrows. Every frame is a banquet of rich color. Mousy whiskers twitch, rodent eyes twinkle, and in the background, trees sway and leaves twirl to the ground. That's a lot of artwork, as witnessed by the legions of animators and cell painters listed in the credits. Bluth has stated that Nim was a multi-level appeal. 
Sure enough, I count three audiences for this film. Subteens will like the cute figures and the sight gags. Adults will be intrigued by the hints of plague dogs. Have I ever talked to you about that movie? Yes, it's by the same people who made Watership Down, right? Uh-huh. Yes. And the light show set will respond when wizard-like rodents write with fiery pens. He's just saying nerds will like it too. Yeah, I didn't know what that meant. I was like gonna ask. <laughs> like the D&D nerds will like it basically because it's like got a fantasy element to it. Absolutely. When I was watching it, I was like, this is like a little animal version of like Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. the Hobbit cartoon. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to watch that really badly because like that looks interesting. It's what the Black Cauldron thought it was doing. Yeah, literally what is ripping off was trying mm-hmm. to rip off. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting one that we should talk about in the near future. Yes, we should. I base this on the reactions of my group. I attended the film with Faye, who is 32, but responds in the manner of the teen audience. And Rachel, who's 10, the adult in the trio. <laughs> That's so cute. This is so, why is this so cute? I know. Sorry. No, you're fine. He represented the preteen. Oh my God. <laughs> I represented the preteen viewer, my mental age being wondrously flexible. Same dude. We all enjoyed ourselves, so Bluth can only hope we add to some kind of crazy quilt cross-section of American moviegoers. As visually rewarding as it is, Nim finds its real forte in the area of voice characterization. The actors speaking the lines were chosen with scrupulous care, and they're perfect. And he gave it, I guess, three out of five stars. It's probably three out of five or three out of four. Some people go... Because he liked it. Mm -hmm. I like that uh, that review mentioned like the o- different audiences that it mm-hmm. appealed to, and I like how none of them were really um, children. Yeah, I could see how this movie would really appeal to like an older crowd. I think it just has to be because I, 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 for little kids. I mean, I was little when I watched this, but it's like, yeah, I, I remember being scared at some points. Absolutely. So when we were growing up, if they saw a cartoon on something, they were like, "That's for you. That's for you. You go and watch that. I'll be in the other room." <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go take a nap. <laughs> don't bother me <laughs> <laughs> this next one is exquisite animation is secrets drawing card by robert w butler in 1982 by the kansas city star and they say it's a terrific film animation this detailed lifelike and eye-popping hasn't been seen for years background paintings are exquisite and some of the special effects are knockouts and then they say elements of science fiction and fantasy are mixed in them along with old disney formula of giving animals human personalities the results are neither wholly logical nor entirely convincing as storytelling but the film's stunning visuals help gloss over any deficiencies in script and character despite its g rating nim isn't really a children's film It offers some good laughs, of course, largely from a hopelessly clumsy crow, but the film is surprisingly somber and menacing in tone. They go on to say, The secret of Nim even includes some violent moments, which if filmed with live actors instead of animated characters, would most certainly have earned it a PG. It may be a bit too heavy for preschoolers. Everyone else should have a fine time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. At a G rating, you'd think it was being directed to a child audience. Mm-hmm. I just find it interesting that it's it really didn't appeal to that audience, but it still did well with other groups. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting to me to get a bunch of adults to go see a cartoon. It is interesting. But like with this review, it points out like critics love this movie, mostly because of the animation. I miss this like hand-drawn mm-hmm. animation. Don't get me wrong, the 3D CG animation is amazing. Incredibles being able to like zoom in and see the details of every fiber in their shirt. But 
like it's it's, it's like this close to being like this could really just be a live action thing mm-hmm. to where like this was like this is truly animated like this looks like a cartoon it's an art form yeah because it's getting too close to like looking like real life i think there's a point where it's like at what point are we just gonna do live action because it already looks like real life anyway <laughs> like the amount of computer graphics that are in live action movies nowadays too mm-hmm. have you seen how they replaced green screen mm. So they have this circular thing of just screens. Mm -hmm. They decorate the set with the foreground. And then they can literally put the background graphics on those screens as they're filming. So they don't have to add those things in and post. That's insane. Oh my god. That's insane. Good lord. Sci-fi movies are going to come out so much fucking faster now. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's the whole thing. It's not going to take forever. Because, you know, back in the day, Pixar took forever to make movies. And now they have it to a science, like... Yeah, they have it down now. It's not... It's... Yeah, but... Sorry, that was uh, just... No, 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 I totally get it. Because it is very interesting how much they're... How much shit has changed (laughs) within just, like, a few decades. It's a little dystopian, not going to lie. It's... Because at one point, is it just going to be, like... What's real? What's not? VR reality? You know what I just fucking realized? What? That's how they were filming Katniss's like little campaign video thing that in Mockingjay was literally like the same exact setup that they're using now. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the Hunger Games did it first. <laughs> Like, I predicted it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, sorry. Sorry, we can move on. No, you're fine. They said it's, like, not convincing as a storytelling. I I love the premise of what they have Mm -hmm. in this movie, like, the plot device. I just wish it was extended. I wish it was just more detail was added to it. Maybe that's the issue they had. Yeah. I do think it's still an interesting story. Yeah. I don't think a cartoon about mice, rats, and birds with magical necklaces has to be entirely logical and that's where they kind of lost me with that i was like it's a cartoon (laughs) don't bring logic into my don bluth cartoons okay do not (laughs) don't you dare he literally made a movie about dogs going to heaven okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) like yeah don't don't (laughs) this next one by roger ebert he wrote this in 1982 the secret of contains that absolute rarity among feature-length animated cartoons an interesting premise There have been smart animals in the movies for years, of course, but they were always playing quasi-humans in a universe where the real humans were seen mostly from the knees down. Now, here's a story that concerns itself with the problem of being a rat and having a superior intelligence. And that's what I love about this movie. It has, like, there's humans involved and there's, it's crazy. You know, it's not just, like, this hidden world that humans are never concerned with. Like, no, it's like, this is a problem with the rats I just think it, it, it's interesting that there was such like a big world issue mm-hmm. as like the basis for it. And like none of the critics really raised any issue with it being mm-hmm. talked about in a cartoon. Yeah. Well, they would say like, oh, it's too dark for a kid's movie. I'm like, well, I don't know. And a lot of people were like, kids, kids are smarter than what you think. And they're able to absorb information mm-hmm. more than what you think. They're smarter than you think. But there's also like, even me saying, oh, this movie's really violent. But I literally didn't pick up on how violent it was as mm-hmm. a kid. I still watched it. All the idea was, was what intrigued me about The Secret of Nim. The movie itself represents a philosophical statement for its makers. The main difference between traditional Disney animated animation and cheaper, newer methods is in the areas of body movements and backgrounds. Bluth and his followers wanted to make a movie in which the characters would have lots of body language, not just moving lips and rolling eyes, and in which the backgrounds would be detailed and interesting, not just repetitive roll, roll buys. 
and the secret in him, they have succeeded in producing the marvelous detail and depth of the Disney classics. The story is perhaps a little complicated at first, especially for younger viewers, but a flashback helps make things clear. It is not quite such a success on the emotional level, however, because it has so many characters and involves them in so many different problems that there's nobody for the kids in the audience to strongly identify with. I guess you could say that the Disney tradition lives, but the Disney magic still remains elusive. I don't agree that there isn't a a character like Miss Brisby, I think, is the main character we're cheering for and her children. Mm-hmm. I don't know, her stature never really seems to be an issue. There are some parts where it's like the fact that she's a woman is an issue, more of an issue than how small she is. Mm-hmm. But it's not even that big oh, of an yeah. issue. Like she's like, I want to deal with dragon. And they're like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah. Yeah. It's for her family. Which I think is a part of this movie that no one really gets into so no one's really gotten into so far Mm -hmm. it's like she's a very strong mother character disney loves to kill mothers off and this movie did quite the opposite the dad is dead Mm -hmm. the mother is the really strong leading character in this yeah absolutely and that's one of the reasons why i like it too a lot she's yeah it goes the opposite disney direction you know which i find very cool bad bitch moms yeah hardworking single mom we love a hardworking single mom in this The Secret of Nim by Tasha Robinson. This was written in 2007 uh, from avclub.com. They talk about how Don Bluth left Disney because they didn't, like how the animation was being done and wanted to create a film with old-fashioned Disney-style animation. Bluth's directorial debut has its clunky side, particularly in its baffling alterations to the plot of a beloved children's classic. But the animation was, as Bluth and company had promised, a spectacular return to old-school craftsmanship. Bluth and company threw in a lot of extra comedy business involving a clumsy crow voiced by Dom DeLue and weird fantasy tropes into what used to be a simple story free of magical gym cracks. But the visuals are splendid. Compared to modern anime films, Nim moves at a lackadaisical pace. The main villain doesn't even appear until an hour in, and Booth is content to let characters spend time slowly wandering through lush settings and complicated scenery. Even at its most narratively unbalanced, it's well worth drinking in at leisure. They have points. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and I, I would agree, like, mm-hmm. I guess they were kind of saying, like, it's not, a, it's enjoyable if you're not looking at it critically. Yeah. So do you know what deus ex machina means? No. An unexpected power or event saving a seamless, seemingly hopeless situation. So like... The amulet. It is a kind of cheap thing to go through, especially since they don't explain anything Mm -hmm. about it until that point, really. I agree there. It is surprisingly Mm -hmm. bloody. Beautiful film. No one's going to deny that. (laughs) All right. Now we can go on to the audience reviews. This one is first a 10 out of 10 from IMDB is titled Don Blue's Masterpiece. This was written in 2009. I will confess, I saw this for the first time on YouTube, and I loved it. I always said that Anastasia and American Tale were the best of Blue's movies, but I now think that this beats them both. The story is very dark and mysterious, but magical all the same. The animation is just stunning, with beautiful backgrounds and excellent character animation. Brutus is a little frightening, though, and his animation is, so is the scene with the Great Owl, which is incredibly haunting. The music by wonderful late Jerry Goldsmith is phenomenal, very reminiscent of his score for the European version for The Legend, the Ridley Scott film. The song, I think it's called Flying Dreams, is heart-rending and just shows the talent the man had, and I'm grateful that there weren't too many songs to interrupt the flow. The characters are all very well done, and the brave yet timid Miss Brisby, the dashing Justin, and the villainous Gender, the wise Nicodemus, and the wisecracking Jeremy. Nicodemus and Jeremy are very impressive, voiced wonderfully by Derek Jacoby and Dom Deloy. 
and the Jenner, while not as sinister and frightening a villain as Hexus, Trunabog, or the Horned King, he's still very convincing. Oh, and the scenes with Miss Brisby's children and Auntie Shrew brought some fun into a dark story and didn't interfere too much. And Elizabeth Hartman gives a sor sorrowful and poignant portrayal as Miss Brisby. I haven't read the book in its entirety, but I do remember my year six primary school teacher reading the chapter when Miss Brisby, or Frisbee in the book, meets Brutus for the first time. All in all, beautiful film, and I'm very sorry it has taken me so long to see it. I advise you to avoid the sequel, though. It's awful. 10 out of 10, Bethany Cox. Um, this is a 3 out of 10 from INDB, as written in 2006, and it's called Terrible Waste of Money. I'm amazed at the positive reviews I read for this film. Like many others, I watched this as a child and was excited to see it offered at the local half-price store. I watched it with my husband and two toddlers and was shocked at how badly written it was. My main critique is the complete inconsistency between the use of magic and science. That's a good point. <laughs> why is there an amulet in the story at all? If the rats are smart because of the science, then how and why do they suddenly become mystics and magicians? I don't think the disconnect would bother me so much if there was at least some attempt to explain it, but there isn't. For all the talk of the intelligence of the rats, I didn't see much evidence of it. Miss Rigsby, so they said her name wrong, didn't receive the injections, but she seems to be doing just fine, other than suffering from a lack of confidence and a fear of flying. She was smart enough to keep herself and her family alive in any case. I realize it sounds ridiculous to talk about motivations of a rat, but I thought the idea that the rats needed to leave the rosebush to become self-sufficient because they knew too much was filmsy at best. I can understand if they thought that ultimately living off the humans was not sustainable, but to want to leave because they felt guilty for pilfering the farmer's electricity? That is a stretch. <laughs> Finally, the ending was so abrupt that it felt like the producers just ran out of money and had to cut off the movie as quickly as possible. After watching the rats duel it out over whether to move out of the rosebush, it seems strange to, re to relegate that the plotline to a simple line uttered by Miss Rixby. Shouldn't we see the rats move or something? The plot completely fizzled at the end. I will, however, give the movie three stars for animation. The visuals were nice, and despite my intentions to return the movie and get a refund, my three-year-old loved it. So I guess that's worthy of a star or two. So, so your kid liked it. Your kid's got taste. <laughs> yeah. Something I want to mention is like, it's a cartoon. So I feel like there's already the implication that all of the animals are going to be able to talk. Mm -hmm. The rats are just smarter. That's all. They're, they can read, apparently. There's she a can read, line though. where she says she can read kind of. Well, she actually can. She reads like a whole ass sentence, doesn't she? She reads the entire entry about her husband dying. <laughs> she can read. They're smarter in the realm of science. Mm -hmm. uh, they say, I realize it sounds ridiculous to talk about motivations of a rat. That's the character of the movie. You kind of have to. <laughs> it's not silly. That's just the character of the movie. It's a whole plot. Don't be like, oh, it's a rat. It's not real. It's a cartoon movie. That's the character. You're supposed to talk about their motivations. They had some good points. Not saying they didn't. Like, there's some things yeah. I agree with them about, like... Yeah, like the like the ending, it, it, fizz, it yeah, fizzles. Yeah, of course. I think it cuts abruptly. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is a four-star review from Letterboxd. Gorgeous animation, mature themes, some funny dialogue, a near masterpiece, but extremely rushed pacing. Could have done with an extra 15 minutes of runtime, spread about each scene and really bring out their import slash tone, which would only have brought it to 95 minutes, but I'm not sure they had the budget. I think that's why they yeah. it was cut so short. They just probably ran out of money. 3 out of 10 star. This was written in 2003 from INDB. I saw this film. 
having never never read the book. While looking for movies for my son, I don't intend to show it to him anytime soon. It is a mindless attack on science and technology with a liberal dose of mysticism offered as the desirable alternative. There are, of course, thoughtful and compelling criticisms to be made of science and technology, and I found a few when I later read the book. The movie retains none of these themes, however, and instead offers insulting and ignorant pap. I'm sure some would, some would argue that this is too fine of a point for a children's movie, but I disagree. Children do understand such things, especially when, as in this movie, science is portrayed as the great Satan and the day is saved by magic. As others have noticed, it's also a rather violent movie for children. It contains two or three graphic murders, depending on how you count them, and a lot of frightening imagery. I would like to see a thoughtful adaptation of the book. I had a problem with the magic in this movie only because, like, it wasn't explained. Yeah. Is he saying, like, science and technology were, like, demonized in this movie? Yeah, science was the villain. I think it was the humans testing with science, because it's clear that the rats use science to their advantage. Yeah. The humans are the bad guy. It's the humans and how they use science. The humans and dragon are the bad guy. Yeah. And dragon eats mice, so. And Jenner, but he's a rat. Yeah. So that was one interesting take. Three and a half stars from Letterboxd. The bird sucks. <laughs> kind of agree. He does. He doesn't need to be in the movie. All right. This next one is two out of 10 stars from INDB. Written in 2007. Opportunity Wasted. Miss Frisbee and the Rats of Nim is a wonderful story about how a few rats and mice have evolved thanks to experimental injection to a human level of cognition. The essence of the book then centers on how they have learned to embrace the best parts of humanity, selfless nobility. The driving tension in the book comes from a race to survive, both for the rats and the mice. In this movie adaptate quote-unquote adaptation, the entire essence of the plot is dropped and replaced with much less interesting themes. Most of the rats are hesitant to help Miss Brisby, and one rat becomes an outright villain. The efficiency and skill of the rats is replaced with arbitrary magical powers. The race against time is replaced with bickering and swordplay. The subtle character development of all the main characters is completely whitewashed, but the coup de grace... Coup de gras. With, with is it coup de gras you literally took french i know <laughs> don't remind me <laughs> but the coup de gras is that the ending of the book is both sad and uplifting whereas the ending of the movie is like a complete afterthought adding no emotion to the story at all perhaps if you haven't read the book you might find some of the plot contravances acceptable but if you have read the book then you'll realize the lost opportunity and no doubt pine for a remake that at least captures the book's essence of humanity if not all of its specific details i really want to read the book now yeah because i want to i want to see how the book ends this thing i do and like i read so i watched the movie watched it down when i was a kid and i last summer i read the book version and it was very good um i really liked it not nearly as violent as the movie yeah but now I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read this book. So I didn't even know there was a book adaptation. Me neither. Four stars from Letterbox. I'm torn because I feel like if Disney actually funded this movie, more people would have known about it. But the fight scene at the end wouldn't have been nearly as gruesome as it was. But wasn't the whole point they left Disney so Disney didn't have any? Well, Disney wouldn't make it. Remember? Yeah, because it was it was too dark. Yeah. So they're they're right. So I agree. Yeah. I'd... So it, it probably wouldn't have looked as great though. That's the whole thing too. Yeah. Exactly. It wouldn't have been as beautifully stunning. It would have. I mean, it still would have been stunning. It's a Disney. It would have had those shortcuts that they were talking about. Yeah. Four and a half stars. Dazzlingly well animated, but truly LOL that there is a hot rat character. <laughs> Wait, what rat does this person think is hot in this movie? It's probably Justin. Ah, uh, I meant to say this earlier, but why do all the rats have such frat boy names? <laughs> <laughs> they do. Also, 
Jeremy. Jeremy. Jeremy, Justin, Jenner. There's a lot of J names. Yeah. But yes, there's a hot rat character. <laughs> Five stars. Wow. After finally giving it a rewatch for its 40th anniversary this year, I gotta say, this shockingly still holds up on this day and still an amazing, brilliant masterpiece. But we don't talk about the unnecessary and cash grab sequel. No, 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 no. Just watch the first one instead. <laughs> so yeah, don't watch the sequel. It will ruin it will ruin what you think of this movie. One out of ten. Depressing, dark, even terrifying. If you want to feel heaviness in your soul, you can watch the animated film for adults. Otherwise, it's not recommended. It's too dark and certainly depressing. That's why I like this movie. <laughs> I like this movie because it is it has a much darker tone than most children's movies. So Oh yeah. That scene where it's the flashback to Nim and how they escape. That sends like goosebumps up my arms. I that sequence itself is like a, a, like a short film in itself. Like it's haunting. <laughs> this is five stars. My brother was mad at me and stepped on the DVD I had of this, and I cried for three days. I'm still mad. It's been 17 years. <laughs> ten out of ten. <laughs> Just the rat I am single. <laughs> This is five and a half stars. I wish Don Bluth didn't have such shitty, shitty luck. This film is fucking beautiful and should 1,000, 1,000% be rated G kids film. Everyone should respect kids' intelligence just a little bit more and not shield them from some of the more terrifying aspects of life. Obviously, this film is not gory and I'm not, and I'm tired of people saying it's too dark for kids. It isn't gory. I agree. It's not terribly gory. Just the fact that you literally see blood was a little too much for some people. I really just depends because it's like I saw this movie, but it's like I wasn't. You didn't pick up on it. I watched this so many times growing up. It's not like. It didn't traumatize you. Yeah, it didn't traumatize me. I watched this movie a ton of times. Yeah, you'd already been traumatized by Wandership Down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, <laughs> when you grow up watching certain stuff, you're going to be, you know, you're not going to. I'm trying to put this in words, but. Here's the thing. I feel like people could argue that like showing kids dark things is desensitizing them to dark things. Like even if they're not terrified by it. But I honestly don't think that this movie's the reason that I, I watch the movies I watch now. Like, I... Exactly. I think this person has a good point. Kids are, kids are more capable of watching stuff than you think. This one's four stars. I feel like this film fairly demonized cats. And first off, they spelled that wrong. I think any movie, any cartoon movie with a cat pretty much portrays a cat the same way. So don't start with this movie about demonizing cats. It was right. They rightfully demonized the cat. And they did it well. Yeah. I mean, what do cats do? They eat mice. That's what they're saying. Oh, they're, okay. They're saying like, this is a well. Yeah. They demonize the cat well. Do good. Okay. Good I thought they were like going like, it's mean to cats. <laughs> this one's four stars. Needs more rat torture. Jesus Christ. I wanted to clue that just to throw it in there. Someone needs to check on that person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is four stars. Uh, the Secret of Nim was surprisingly dark. Animal testing, a political power struggle, and multiple character deaths are all present here. Bold choices to showcase in a movie that clearly target targeted toward children. Although I imagine the intensity is why this film is so memorable to those who did watch watch when they were young. I feel certain scene links could have been reduced, cut altogether in order to allow itself to go much deeper into the lore or the chance to develop certain characters further. Even so, Miss Brisby is a strong lead protagonist, not physically, as she is only just a tiny field mouse after all but she courageously pushed herself through potentially dangerous situations again and again in hopes to save her children's lives. I'll have to give the book a read as I feel there's a lot more lore to be explored. 
same yeah i like that a lot of people that seem to like it are just like i wish it was longer yeah it's more disappointing that it it just didn't have more to it that's the disappointing part about this movie it just didn't have enough yeah this is our last review it's a 10 out of 10 the title is magical fantastic a real delight it was written 2005 the Secret of Nim, after 23 years, is still an absolutely fantastic film. I hold it in such high regard as the even more obscure gay Paris with the voice talent of Judy Garland, also wonderful. Criticisms can be made of the film. For one, faithful isn't exactly an adjective that can be used when describing its relation to the source material. Miss Frisbee and the Rats of Nim by Robert O'Brien. However, the novel has a Newbery Award winner and is deserving the excellent film, which is what it received. The book itself had two separate storylines, one focusing on Miss Frisbee and her plight, and the other a lengthy backstory involving the Rats of Nim. For the animated feature, Don Bluth and his team chose to focus on Miss Frisbee's plight, and for this I am grateful. In Miss Frisbee, we have a totally unique and truly delightful heroine. She isn't some young boy getting ready to go on a fantastic adventure or or some sort of great, brave hero. She's just a mother, a mother whose first concern is her family. And she makes a fantastic hero, showing that courage isn't just involved in facing down fierce monsters. Though when she has to do that, she finds the courage. She never stops pushing herself, and though she might be a very small mouse, she has a very big heart. As a kid, I walked away thinking how cool Justin was, but now that I'm older, I have complete respect for Miss Bursby. It's an excellent film both for children and adults alike. And how about Derek Jacoby as Nicodemus, Don DeLue as Jeremy, not to m- mention Elizabeth Hartman, whose short career was nevertheless magnificent. Thank God for film that we might have for her talents available to us for all time. Mm-mm. It's a sweet one. It is. They they put the good stuff in perspective. They did. I'm having a hard time thinking what I would rate this movie. Like, it wasn't a movie that I watched a bunch. It wasn't really mm-hmm. a Don Bluth movie I went to a lot. Mm-hmm. Because of that, I, it's not to say it's not good. Mostly just for, like, the issues I had with how short it was and how I felt like more could have been done for it. But it was beautiful. So I think I'm going to say six and a half out of ten. I think I have mine. I was going to say a six just because this was a childhood movie I watched a lot. Mm-hmm. But watching it as an adult, I do... I, re- I see its flaws. Could have been better. It could have. <laughs> it could have been done better. And it's not really at their fault. It's not. They had more of a budget. Yeah. There's not a lot of lore yeah. to what they bring. Like, they bring up this very interesting topic, but don't go into the lore of it. Mm-hmm. I really wish they did. I think that would have made this movie more interesting. And Yeah. I would probably six out of ten, you know, to be fair. Okay. Well, do you have any other comments or anything that you want to make before we wrap it up? No. Okay. I think I've said everything. Okay. Same here. So if you have any comments or suggestions of movies or any feedback for us, you can DM us on our Instagram at Easy Bake Takes. Also, if you like what we had, don't forget to like rate and review us on whatever podcast app you're listening to. It really helps us out. And as always, thank you so much for listening. This has been Easy Bake Takes. I'm Kat. And I'm Riley. Easy watching out there. Bye. Bye.